This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... Austin Mace, who is going to be that guy. And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Matthew, I tell you the only thing that has um, taken away from the last couple of days as far as the transfer portal goes is goddamn Elon Musk <laughs> because I cannot tell you how many times I have been tricked by some blue checkmark person reporting something that looks like it's from Hayes Fawcett or 24-7 Sports and I click on the link and it's actually somebody with 240 followers. Elon Musk must be stopped. We need to go back to the old system where you actually had to be verified or you had to go through some vetting process to be verified. Anybody could be Matt. You're verified. You have no business being verified. I disagree. You know, I, I bring some very you good insider. Are you going to break some news tonight? I dare. Sure, yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it. You we'll have, you have information. We'll talk about information. it. We'll talk about it. Uh, we're going to start this one off with a question from vanity. You know why? Because vanity has listened to vanity in our discord. He's listened to 21,143 minutes of Campus to Canton podcast, according to Spotify Wrapped. Um, I, I mean, that means he even listens to Back to Debbie. I, when you listen to that much Campus to Canton uh, content, you get your question uh, out here first. His question is in regarding to hit rates uh, for the first round in supplemental drafts. So if you are new to our channel, if you are new to our channel, new to Campus to Canton Fantasy Leagues, you have two leagues. You have a college fantasy league. You're setting a lineup every single week and an NFL 
uh, fantasy league. And when your college players declare for the NFL draft, they're added to your NFL team. And so every single offseason, after you do your startup drafts, there is a freshman and supplemental draft where you can take the incoming draft class. So, you know, last year's class, Arch Manning, Dante Moore, uh, Malachi Nelson, Justice Haynes. Who's the best wide receiver in last year's class? I'm trying to think. Um, well, anyway, all, Deuce Robinson, Zachariah Branch, all of those yeah, people. Branch. Thanks, teammate. You got me there. I see you got me. I was talking, and I didn't realize I was muted. I said Zachariah Branch. I was muted. Um. Anyway, uh, uh, that, so that's what a freshman and supplemental draft draft is. But you could also – guys like um, Devontae Walker was not rostered in league. So in a lot of places, he was a, he was a first-round draft pick. As a matter of fact, we're going to see that here. So he asked about hit rates in the first round of freshman and supplemental drafts. I don't have any scientific data, so I'm just going to go through my oldest league, what the first rounds of drafts have looked like. So that's between 2023 and 2021. 2023. In order, Justice Haynes, Dante Moore, Zachariah Branch, Malachi Nelson, Cedric Baxter, Nico Iamaleva, Nico Iamaleva Arch Manning, Carnell Tate, Jonte Cook, Devontae Walker, Jackson Arnold, Ruben Owens. When I look at that draft, the only one who I think is like right now a bust is probably Ruben Owens. Hmm. Is probably Ruben Owens. What are you shaking your head? You're shaking your head. Uh, I, I think it's too early to call him a bust. I mean, you know, Moss was pretty good for them. That you know, Wigman went out fairly early in the season. I, I, we don't need to see a running. I mean, look at like, uh, oh goodness, Javante Williams. He really only had the one great year at UNC. Like, you don't have to be good all three years. I think, uh, and I, I think Owens, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Owens looked fine when he played. I, I think it's a little early to call him a buzz personally. All right. So that's the first round of 2023. In 2022, in order, Quinn Ewers, Nick Singleton, Luther Burden, Ty Simpson, probably going to hit the transfer portal here soon. Devin Brown, Drew Aller, uh, Kate Klubnick, Jadon Blue, Evan Stewart, Branson Robinson, Jamarian Miller. Keon Grays. I mean, that's, of that's these picks, I think the only – yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably easier to talk about the only good picks in there. Luther Burden, Nicholas Singleton, Evan Stewart. Evan I mean, Stewart at pick nine is – Oh, that's yeah, pretty... you're loving life right now. That's probably it. I mean, we still got time on Alar Brown to turn it around. You know, Brant's – I don't know, man. That injury is pretty scary. You know, that's it. Yeah, though. but he played. Branson Robinson came back. He played. Yeah. Branson still. Robinson played at the end of the season. So, um, well, I mean, we'll I see mean, about it, him. It only gets Even, worse when you go to next year's class. So, the reason why we liked Jamarian Miller is that that dude was so versatile in high school. He was lining up at wide receiver. They would actually throw like fades to. He had 73, 73 receptions in high school. I think it, I think this year he has three in his second year. He has three. Now, he had the big catch uh, in the SEC championship game. But on the season, Jamarian, now Jam Miller, has three receptions. I mean, if you're not going to throw him the ball, I mean, what's the point? I got a call. Uh, um, so that's 2022. 2021, I think, is, you know, relatively decent. Bravion Henderson. Malik Willis, Caleb Williams, whoever took whoever took Malik Willis over Caleb Williams. Uh, well, you got to remember, true freshman Caleb Williams, a lot of people not high 
high on him. So was it 50 something percent completion percentage coming out of high school? It was like 52%, 52% coming Malik, out of the tri state area. Malik at that time was like a solidified top three quarterback for CFF purposes. So, like, I don't think it, yeah. it looks bad now when you like, he's not even like a backup quarterback in the NFL and Caleb's going to be the number one pick. But at that time, I, I don't think it was that bad a pick two years ago. So, in fairness to ourselves, we were also not very bullish on Caleb Williams until we saw the spring game and we saw that Lincoln Riley had like this whole different kind of offense for him. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, we were like, oh, okay, well, you know, Caleb Williams. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Um, Emeka Abuka, Ajay Hall at number five. Is Ajay Hall even in college right now? No. I don't think he is. He is not. Ajay Hall is going. Um, Donovan Edwards, Jahan Dotson, Sam Heward, Tyler Algier at number nine, Tyler Algier at nine, number nine, uh, Will Shipley, LJ Johnson, and then Kevin Harris, Kevin Harris drafted by the Patriots. I mean, there's some hits here, Matt. Three. I, I would actually, I mean, man, number nine, I don't know about Tyler Algier. So if you want to, you want to say Algier's a hit four. I mean, it's, it's, if. I still, I think Travion's going to be hit. So I'm going to say he's a hit. Kalen, Mecca. Oh, I forgot about Jahan Dotson. Okay, so five. Jahan Dotson. There's still chance for Donovan Edwards, Emeka Buka, Caleb Williams, Travion Henderson. Will Shipley still has a shot. He's not going to yeah. be a first round draft pick. I'm not going to hold my Probably not going to be a second or third round yeah, draft pick. Exactly. So, I mean, you can take that as a whole. And that's kind of what the hit rate has been in the first round for the last three years. I think as we move forward, we kind of get better and better at this because we told people to fade Emmanuel Henderson. We told people to fade um, – who's the running back at USC? Uh, Relique Brown. We told them to fade him. I mean, we're not – we aren't afraid to tell you, yeah, this guy might have five stars, but we don't see how he fits into a college offense at that position, let alone an NFL offense. And by the way, when we released the freshman guy two years ago, got DMs about Emmanuel Henderson. How can you have Emmanuel Henderson in the in your third tier? But I mean, you know, now he's playing wide receiver. Oh, another player. Another player is going to enter the transfer portal. I mean, I mean, as, as soon as Alabama's done, Emmanuel Henderson, I expect, will be entering the transfer portal. By the way, I would be buying. Like, I, I don't like – he's very similar to Cam Seldon. Very similar style, except Cam Seldon switched from wide receiver to running back, and Emmanuel Henderson switched from running back to wide receiver. But both super athletic players, just kind of like a tweener type fit. Um, Cam Seldon at Tennessee, for those who are uninitiated, super athletic player, 220 pounds. You know, I think he got over 22 miles per hour. This would have been one of like the fastest times in the NFL this year. Cam Seldon, not a lot of time at Tennessee this year, but super, super athletic. All right, Matthew, uh, let's get here to, to some news. Let's do it. Your boy. Your boy. I think you even – it's even in the intro of this show. Kyle yeah, McCord is going to win the Heisman? No, that's not in the, the – he introduced it's not in, show. It's not. Oh, I thought it was in the intro. Um, well, he's going to introduce himself to the transfer portal now. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Just give us – I can just hand you the floor and you can, you know, do your – I don't know. Yeah, I mean, first, I'd like to just, you know, take my win. You, you know, the one of the I I shouldn't say the original debates. One of the best debates we've had on this show was you and Austin talking about how there is no shot. Kyle McCord was going to start at the Ohio State University. And we even threw out 
the start against Akron when CJ Stroud got hurt. 12 starts, baby. That's a win for me. I don't care that he hits the transfer portal now. I still got 12 starts under my belt for Ohio State. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I know Syracuse has apparently reached out to him. He is meeting with Nebraska today. I don't know where he's going to go that's going to help his stock in any way. So, I mean, it's he's, he's going to be on his way out. You know, there's reports all over the place of – Ryan Day saying that he didn't say anything. Then there's other reports saying that he told him he's not guaranteeing him the starter job. They were going to go into the transfer portal, bring somebody in. He was going to have to compete to get that job back. I think that's probably what happened. No, right. Matthew, you know what happened. Can you just say what it is that happened? That I. That's what I – okay. There was a meeting, and he was not guaranteed the job. And so he went to the transfer portal. I mean, you pro- most people probably already should have just done that last year. Uh, but I still Matthew, think first of all, fine. Matthew is an OSU insider. That's We've true. actually interviewed Kyle. First of all, Kyle is in the intro. We've interviewed him on this platform. Matthew, Matthew knows information. He's talking about what reports say. No, Matthew, tell us what you know. That's I. That's what I know. That he was told he wasn't going to be the starter this year, or he had to compete to get the starting job. It wasn't going to be handed to him, so he entered the transfer portal. That's what I was told. On the OSU side of things, if you're wanting me to talk about that part of things, there's a lot going on. Uh, As of, I don't know when we're going to be releasing this on the pod. Obviously, it's live on YouTube. About five minutes before the show kicked off, Devin Brown tweeted out a tweet of a bunch of ships on fire. Could mean multiple things. Uh, There is a very famous saying, and I forgot who it was by, and I was trying to pull it up. It is by, oh man, I I deleted it. It is... um, it's so famous. It's that famous. Well, fine, I'll, I'll I'll put it up. Yeah. Burning. I forgot what I typed in. Cover for me for a second. Let me let me let me type this in. Devin Brown posted a picture of these ships burning on the sea. It's a portrait, an artistic portrait. Yes, he posted it with no context whatsoever. Nope. He could just like art. He could just be a no. Fan that ain't, of that art. ain't liking art. But it could go one of two ways. It could be everything's burning down at Ohio State and everybody's getting out, or. When Hernan Cortez arrived at the New World with 600 men, upon arriving, he made history by burning all of his ships, sending a clear message, there is no turning back. We are going to move forward and do everything we can to succeed. That is the thing. So maybe... That, that, if you're inter- I'm interpreting that as him... St- okay, first of all, let's go back. I'm just giving him both the good and the, him and the negative. The positive and the negative. It could mean... They're burning all the ships and he's like, he's burning the ships and he's not going to transfer portal. He's moving forward. He's going to take Ohio state and they're going to conquer as, as his conquering the Aztecs. I'm going to dive deep into history here with Hernan Cortez. Maybe he's saying, I'm going to go forward and conquer that team up North. I, I don't, I imagine it's the negative one. I imagine it's burning ships as 13 players have entered the transfer portal. There's rumors. Ryan days on his way out. That's what I imagine the picture is really about personally. Okay. This is what I need somebody in the chat. And I, there's salt of the earth is in the chat. Austin is in the chat. I don't know where Austin's calling in from. It must be in the Maldives somewhere. Somebody in the chat, go to Devin Brown's Twitter page. Can you do a reverse image search of that photograph in, or excuse me, that portrait and see if we can get an interpretation? You know, we need to bring an art expert on this show to interpret what it is that Devin Brown is saying. There's, First of all, like the video if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Devin Brown coming out of the 2021 class. This is it 2021 class? 2022 class. 2021 class. Whatever. 2021 class. 
out of Corner Canyon in Utah. Corner Canyon has produced three very good no, uh, quarterback recruits here recently. It doesn't matter. He's okay. in, the next year will be his third year. Yes. Zach Wilson, Jackson Dart, Devin Brown. Devin Brown can run the ball. I thought that he had one of the strongest arms in that class. He was creative off platform. He was a gunslinger. We'll put the, the ball into tight windows. I've been on this Devin Brown train for a very long time. I continue to be. I traded Spencer Rattler and Devin Neal for Devin Brown and um, uh, Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford, who's going to be in the NFL as a wide receiver, by the way. He's going to do the Braxton Miller thing. I'm just going to point out, I don't think we need to reverse image the search. I'm looking at the comments. Everybody's now talking about Hernan Cortez. So I'm just saying, your, your boy's right again on this. I just don't know what it means. I, I will say, I reached out to someone and asked if they have I any, was just, what, they would Austin, like to ask Austin, me. Austin mentioned in the chat that Mox would be perfect for this. He would. Chris Moxley, a co-host who's not here today, would have given you a five-minute like it yeah. on a soliloquy on who that is on the era in which this painting was made in the whole history. He would have, yeah, he would have if he was here. I bet as so, soon as I said Hernan Cortez, he would just gone right into it and rattled everything off so that yes, I didn't have, have to sit here and figure out what was going on. Chris, so come back to us, come back to us, please. If, if I get an answer to my text, I, I sent the tweet to someone and said, could you give me any information? If I get anything during the show, I will let you guys know. I have not heard back from If that he's person. battening down the hatches. So there's that scene in 300 where, actually it's the whole movie, where I forgot what the character, what Gerard Butler's character's name Leonidas. is. Leonidas. But Leonidas. They pack their army into that narrow passage where you can't get past them. They're, they're you know, they're going to fight that fight there and take on all comers. From what I heard about this painting, that's what it sounds like Devin Brown is saying. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm burning my ships, so I can't. That's what it is. I'm burning my ships, so I can't leave. Yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly the whole point of the saying. Yeah, it's you burn your ships, so there's no way back. You have to conquer what is in front of you. I will add okay. that. Do, I, do you want me to give the other yeah. piece of news? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. How do I want to word this? See, because now I want to word it the way I want to word it, and you're just going to yell at me. I'll just say this. I've been told Ohio State has reached out to one Michael Pratt to possibly come be the quarterback for Ohio State. Uh, they are looking in the transfer portal. There will be a lot that comes with that. So what I will say is if all of a sudden Michael Pratt removes his name from the senior bowl, my guess would be it's because he's going to Ohio State. He has technically accepted the invite, and I reached out to our kind of like senior bowl insiders draft guys mike valerie and, and barnabas and both of them said it's very rare for players to pull out for that once that happens so i don't know if it will if he will but i can confirm someone has at least reached out to him so i will put it that way um i think if you are a college football fan you should stick around for stuff like this because we have been talking about michael pratt on this channel since his freshman year at Tulane, we saw mm, this this gamer as a true freshman. He's not that accurate, and he's he's standing on his tippy toes like a ballerina back there. But damn it, he can throw the football really hard. And you've seen his evolution here in the last three years. I mean, this is why. I, speaking of, this is why you stick around 
uh, for stuff like that. But we've, we've been talking about Michael Pratt for the last three years. We've been talking about Michael Pettich Jr. was a topic on the first three minutes of the very first show uh, of this year program. Uh, go ahead. Tyler Hill when asks I, in the chat. Let me there... just when I when I'm when I start coughing, cover for me. You got it. Cover got for it. me in the auto for me. Is there no smoke around Dante Moore to OSU? I have not heard anything. The only other player I have heard linked is Cam Ward and Riley Leonard. I don't I think Riley Leonard was just a name. It, it, from everything I've seen, it seems like he's practically crystal ball to Notre Dame's. I don't think I personally I don't think he'd be a good fit for the offense anyway. Dante Moore is not going to Michigan as of now. Shane, Shane in the chat is also saying, Don, that was a parody count. That person had 200 followers. I don't think that they really know that he's going to Michigan. I, I assume that's one of the tweets Felix was talking about. There's he's also there, been another verified. one that just came he out about verified. 20 minutes ago uh, with, with uh, I think, whopping 50 followers saying that Marvin Harrison Jr. is now entering the transfer portal. You got to be careful. As he mentioned in the beginning with Elon, you got to be careful because they got blue check marks and they look professional. They got suits on looking like they know what they're talking about. Just be careful. I, I'm not saying that it won't happen. Dante doesn't go to Michigan. I would not be surprised if he doesn't want to go back home, but that's not an official report. So maybe I'm holding us back, our growth back by not being verified. Should I just bend over and pay the $8 a year? Might as well. You did. You so did, did Mike Ballard, right surprisingly. That was, that was, Mike, Mike, is, Mike is verified maybe too? He's not anymore. He, I remember he asked about it at one point in time. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Uh, should, uh, answer in the chat. Should I get verified? Yes or no? I want to know if you think I should go ahead and get verified. Uh, all right. Anything else about Ohio State? There, there are 13 players in the transfer portal. I think the players that we care about are McCord, who we just talked about, uh, Julian Fleming. I don't know. I don't know that we necessarily care about where he lands. I, of course, we care where he lands. I don't know if it's significant for our purposes in campus to Canton leagues. And then Evan Pryor. Unless he goes to the G5. We, but unless he goes he to the G5 and blows it up at like Georgia State or something like that. But no, he's going to go to another Power 5 school. Evan Pryor, the running back there, has a three-down skill set. He he's somebody you should pay attention to where he lands because again these players only need one year of real production. The running backs only really need one year of production to stand out to capture the attention of the NFL. So could Evan Pryor do that? Yeah. I mean, but the only other thing I'll add on no issue is the Ryan Day thing, and I will say that I do believe there is some smoke to the fire of what the reports are that he's going to the NFL. I still don't think he will. He's been pretty staunch on, and you actually got a chance to meet him while watching his son RJ throw at the Elite 11 a couple years ago. He's been pretty staunch on the fact that he does not want to leave Ohio State until RJ graduates high school. So I don't know if he will, but he has also been very open to the fact that if there was a job in the NFL that he would almost immediately accept, one that he wants to, to be a coach for is the Chicago Bears. Their general manager has worked at Ohio State, knows Ryan Day. Obviously, they have Justin Fields. will have a shot to possibly get Caleb Williams at his quarterback. And from the reports that dropped earlier today, it looks like Matt Heberflus might be fired. So I do think that there is a chance, but I wouldn't link the 13 players going into the transfer portal because of that right now. Aaron Nolan is still committed. They still kept a high. I think they still, even with some of the flips, they still have the top five class. If we start to see those guys more and more flipping Jeremiah Smith, Aaron Nolan decommits, then I would read into he might be leaving and, and going. But right, I think there's a chance, but I still think he stays at Ohio State. 
even if he leaves, I think you still have to feel good if you have Devin Brown rostered, if you have Lincoln Kineholtz rostered. And, you know, I don't know where Aaron Nolan is going to end up be, being taken in freshman drafts next year. But if you had – if you Lincoln Kineholtz is probably, what, a 10th-round draft pick, maybe later in freshman drafts uh, last year because of the guys in front of him. Stock up for those two back there. Speaking of, of people that I've met, Maserati Marv to the portal. I could That was a very terrible Gus Johnson. But I met Gus Johnson at a Michigan State game in like 2000. I was in law school, 2014, 13, somewhere around there. Um, all right, let's move on here to uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Hey, we got to to 2,000 subscribers. That was excellent. Thank you for your support. If you're watching now and you haven't subscribed to the channel, I'd appreciate it if you would. We're now on the road to 3,000 subscribers. And you know what? I just want to throw it out there. Let's try to get to 3,000 before the end of the calendar year, especially right now. There is so much going on in college football, and we are doing our best to keep you up to date and what the implications are of these moves as it happens. We're putting out little snippet videos. Matthew put up a video yesterday on uh, Aiden Childs. Aiden Childs looks like he might be headed to Michigan State to rejoin Jonathan Smith. I know that he's uh, he. that's why he went to, to Oregon State. So, um, help us get to 3,000 subscribers, and we've only got, what, 25 days left, 26 days left to do that? Help us do that. Like the video. We're an independent brand. We're not supported by Fox, NBC, CBS, anything like that. No Shannon Terry support over here. If you know, I mean, you should, if you're a college football fan, you should know who Shannon Terry is. Um, all right, let's move on here. Okay. I think that this is one of the more interesting things to come out of the transfer portal news where a player didn't actually enter the transfer. And that's USC flirting with two different transfer portal seniors in Will Howard, who Lincoln Riley is supposedly met with somewhere, yeah. and uh, Dylan Gabriel. The two destinations for Dylan Gabriel are supposedly USC and Oregon. Okay. Let's build this conversation here. Who is Malachi Nelson? Malachi Nelson is the five-star quarterback there backing up uh, Caleb Williams. While Arch Manning, you know, was the name last year, there were five very good five-star quarterbacks. Malachi Nelson was one of them. Not only was he one of them, but he was the top quarterback in our freshman and supplemental draft guide last year from Los Alamitos High School. <coughs> I'm having a hard time this, this evening. Um. This is what Austin Austin Nace had to say, Matthew. I put that. Uh, I put the actual page from um, from Austin here in the brand. Like you can bring it up so people can see it on YouTube. I'll just okay. read from it though. But you can put it up there for a second. Uh, I this is what Austin said in, in the actual write up on Malachi Nelson uh, last year. I've never seen a high school quarterback as accurate as Nelson is. Full stop. In the five. In the five or so years I've played in campus to Canton and in deep Debbie formats, Nelson showed a natural level of touch and ball placement that I've not seen previously. Nelson is pro ready today and on the Trevor Lawrence spectrum in that regard. I mean, to be number one in that quarterback class is no small feat. Where have you got Nico Iamalieva, Arch Manning, Dante Moore, Jackson Arnold, and Malachi Nelson. Again, the consensus was, that Malachi Nelson was number one. Now, part of that had to do with his skill set. Part of it had to do with uh, just the fact that he he is that talented. Um, but I, I think the question that I'm posing here is, should we be concerned? And here is why. Miller Moss has thrown 32 passes this season. Malachi Nelson has thrown two. 
Malachi Nelson is thrown too. Now he did have off-season shoulder surgery, but he went through the spring. And he's uh he's the third stringer there now. When Lincoln Riley got Kyler Murray as a freshman, we saw a little bit of him when he was backing up Baker Mayfield. Mind you, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman Trophy that year. When Lincoln Riley, and I think I think Kyler Murray may have thrown like 30 passes that season. Uh, when Lincoln Riley got Spencer Rattler in 2019, we saw a little bit of him behind Jalen Hurts. Now, Tanner Mordecai was there also, but I think that uh, uh, Spencer Rattler threw like 11 passes or something like that. Not as much as Murray, but still we got to see a little bit of him. When Lincoln Riley had Caleb Williams, another highly touted quarterback, he actually unseated the incumbent. I don't think in any of those, and I could be wrong here. Matthew, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember hearing anything about Lincoln Riley flirting with some senior quarterback no. out there. Um, he was just—I mean, he had—he'd always done this: br bring in the freshman when the incumbent is a junior and getting ready to leave, so that the the highly touted freshman sits for a year and then starts the following season. Should you be concerned? about Malachi Nelson, given that he's clearly behind Miller Moss and that USC is signaling that it is not actually or, or uh, enthralled with, with Malachi Nelson or that quarterback room? Should you be afraid? I think you have to be a little bit. I mean, as you mentioned, it's kind of been the Lincoln-Riley thing. I've, I've, I've actually talked a lot about in the comparison to him and Ryan Day because Ryan Day was going after five-star quarterbacks every year, and Lincoln-Riley would always skip that cycle. So, like, they were always kind of constantly coming in, but it wasn't really – I mean, Baker and Kyler were both technically transfer portal guys. Kyler was Texas A&M, I believe, before he came uh, to Oklahoma. Obviously, Baker walk-on uh, as well at Texas Tech. I think you have to be a little bit concerned because I think also Lincoln Riley's on the hot seat. I don't think that his job, I mean, look, I know it sounds crazy going into the 12-team format. B has not been good overall. Not with the, brings Caleb Williams over, all this high talk about how they're going to win the Pac-12. He is yet, he didn't do that. Arguably, with best one of the best players in college football, they couldn't get him into the playoffs. It isn't all on that defense either. I know a lot of people wanted to blame Alex Grinch, and they should have. The defense was horrible. That offense failed at times, and it was not that good. Lincoln Riley is a good head coach. I'm not trying to say he's they, not. They failed against Notre Dame. I don't know if they failed other times. They all they, who they lost to multiple teams this year that they should not have lost to. I'm not just talking about Notre Dame. It's Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley was the perfect coach for the Big 12. But when he went and now started meeting some actual competition, it hadn't been working out for him. And in my opinion, now he's going into the Big 10. If he does not succeed right away, I don't know that USC is going to fire him, but I do think he is on a very, for, for Christ's sakes, people want to fire Ryan Day. The dude's lost three games in three years or four games, whatever it is. Lincoln Riley's lost at least double that. Like it's, College football fans are not oh, – how do I – I was going to say something probably going to get me roasted. They are very passionate about their team, and all they want to do is win. I think he is on the hot seat, and that is exactly why he is going into the portal and trying to get a Dylan – I think Dylan Gabriel is a better fit for them than, than Howard personally, but, I mean, 
I would be worried if I roster Malachi Nelson because he doesn't seem to be inclined at all to even possibly. Like, he hasn't even talked about him. I still think he'll get a shot possibly in the bowl game. I don't remember who they're playing. I don't think it's a very, isn't it Louisville? I, I don't think it's going to be a great game. Maybe Miller Moss gets out there and then we see Malachi Nelson at some point. But I think if you roster him, you have to be worried because I think that if they could get a Cam Ward, if they don't get Dylan Gabriel, it sounds like Dylan Gabriel is going to Oregon. You would start, if Cam Ward goes to USC, he's starting day one at least for years. So that puts Malachi Nelson back on the bench. Maybe he only needs the one year, kind of like Kyler Murray did. I just, I, I I don't, I don't know what you could move him for at this point. All right, let, let's do a name game here. Um, Kyler Murray. Will Howard is not or, going to the Ohio State University, Salt of the Earth. Go ahead, sorry. Kyler Murray, or excuse me, not Kyler Murray, Malachi Nelson or Deshaun Watson? Oh. I'll probably take Watson. I don't feel great about that. Um, Malachi Nelson or Geno Smith? I probably still keep Nelson. Uh, let's see here. Malachi Nelson or Sam Howe? Man, Howe's been kind of good. He's been good, but be, people are saying that Washington needs to go get a quarterback. I think you just need. Well, to they're they're going to change their. Yeah, they're out. changing the whole thing. So, but still, with yeah. what? It might be Eric Bieniemy. That's the head coach, though. And you could keep. You could keep. Uh, they, they've said that. I think they've said they're not keeping him, or um, <laughs> or they're they're getting rid of that whole staff. Well, that's just what I heard. I don't know. I honestly don't pay as much attention to the NFL as I do the, as college the way I used to. I would probably still go Howell because until that happens, I think you can get more back for him because he's a top fantasy quarterback right now. I want to say he's a top five fantasy quarterback. He leads the NFL in passing yards. Mm -hmm. Would you trade Malachi Nelson for Matthew Stafford? 35-year-old Matthew Stafford? I don't think so. I think I'd still keep Nelson. I mean, the the ceiling and the potential there is so high that you have to just kind of risk that you, that zero could be your outcome, like if you have Malachi Nelson rostered. Um, okay, I did want to just make this note. There was an article posted today uh, on 24-7 Sports from Greg Biggins um, about Malachi Nelson. It's a very short article. They basically say that there are some whispers that Nelson could enter the transfer portal, but that is not true. Uh, Biggin says, in talking to someone close to him, the talented signal caller plans to stay at USC. So, I mean, even if they bring in a veteran, it could just be a competition. We saw that with Spencer Sanders. We saw that with Spencer Sanders. And yeah. uh, and who's the, the LSU guy? That they brought uh, it's Walker not Howard. Will Howard Walker, Walker Howard. Howard. I always get Walker Howard and Will Howard mixed up, but you know they brought in those two, and then Jackson start Dart still started. All right, let's go here. To we got some questions from the audience. I posted something on Twitter asking for, and Tyler says if he's a contender, he's trading Nelson for Stafford. I actually, I, it's it's I, I wouldn't fault that move. I wouldn't fault that move. Um, this first question from John Lobb. He asked for our top five wide receiver quarterback running back in the portal. I actually had this ready to go as far as wide receivers go. I'm going to do a video on that tomorrow. These are my top five. Um, Cullen Lacey from South Alabama. 
uh, who was – he might be the – was he the wide receiver one this year or close to it? Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. He, he was a top wide receiver in CFF. He's here. Uh, Dion Burks from Belleville. Shout out to Belleville. I went to actually – I went to college with a lot of people from Belleville. That's where – um oh, the number one quarterback in the 2025 class. I forgot his name. Bryce Underwood. But, uh, he, Bryce Underwood. He's from Belleville. Uh, I really like Deion Burks and his ability to, to run after the catch. He's looked explosive at times this year for Purdue. Um, Chris Brazel for Tulane. Boy, do I love me a six foot four skinny wide receiver. So does Colin, Texas Tech. Colin I feel like he can... is wide receiver eight on the year. Okay. I knew that he was up there somewhere. Uh, Chris Brazel, uh, Chris Brazel's like six five, 190 or something like that. Had a really good freshman season. He's either the freshman or a redshirt freshman. Uh, I did, I just added him to my rankings in the last two or three weeks. I, I just I just love these string bean wide receivers, and uh, that's the type of player that always ends up at Texas Tech. That's what all of Tech or Texas Tech or Iowa State. Iowa State has a lot of these rebounders uh, at wide receiver, so that's three. I think you got to throw Antoine Wells out there out of South Carolina. If he had been healthy all season, I don't think that there's any question like he would have gone to the senior bowl he would have declared for the nfl draft but him being injured made way for um xavier leggett xavier leggett so and then there's the there's the there's the other wide receiver from south carolina that entered the transfer portal i forgot his name but um i wish chris moxley was here because he would know who that is and there's like promise he's not on he shouldn't be included on this list i'm just throwing that name out there because he's generated some interest somebody in the chat please tell me who is that other wide receiver from south carolina it's like it starts with an M and an O. He has an M and an O in his name. Um, so that's for, so I got Antoine Wells, Deion Burks, uh, Cullen Lacey, Chris Brazel, and then number one is 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 London Humphreys. London Humphreys from Vanderbilt because he was a true freshman and was relatively productive. I got him at number one. He's generating interest supposedly from Georgia. Now. I'm not going to say this yet because I need to go study his tape, but there's a chance that London Humphreys, yes, Omega Blake. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you, Austin. Um, uh, there's a chance that London Humphreys should be a top three round supplemental draft pick player next year. I'm not saying that right now because I don't want Austin to come to me and say, oh, he's at Georgia and he's not going to score any points at Georgia and he's only going to be a third round draft pick. So that's not a hit. But I need to go back and look. But London Humphreys from Vanderbilt, first three rounds. He's only one percent rostered on fan tracks. Um, I would consider him uh, at number one at quarterback. I think it's all the name. Well, actually, I haven't thought about this. So, <laughs> do you want me to give my five wide receivers? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, they're think, completely bro. different than yours. Um, Will Shepard, who Shane just asked about in the chat, uh, has been productive as well for Vanderbilt. I think he's a very interesting player. I think they. He's been clocked multiple times as one of the fastest players uh, in college football. So I've got him up there as my number one. My number two, because of the player that he is, um, definitely going to be a year one zero. But I still think if, if he transfers down, possibly he could dominate. And that's Cordell Russell, who I didn't even realize had entered the transfer portal. Uh, but he is now in there, a, a very talented 
athletic wide receiver, you know, a little raw, but I think if he does go somewhere like a G5 team, he could really dominate. So again, year one, zero. So probably not looking at anything NFL wise, but could dominate G5 for you, CFF. Uh, next up for, I did this one just strictly for my boy, Chris Moxley, Jamori Macklin, who we both have talked about on the show, uh, the North Texas true freshman that just blew up this year. He finishes a top 20 wide receiver in fantasy. He entered the transfer portal. Now maybe his CFF value takes a little bit of a hit because he's not at North Texas, but he's an intriguing player. Um, also related to Jeremy Macklin. Andre Green Jr., kind of the same thing as Cordell Russell. See if he can go to a team that will actually use him. He wasn't really being used at all at North Carolina. I, I don't know where exactly he could go. I think G5. And then Rico Flores, who I think had quietly actually a really good season for a true freshman wide receiver, leaves Notre Dame. If he can go to a team with a higher passing attack, I think he is also an, an intriguing freshman that we actually weren't that high on. We thought Jaden Greathouse was going to end up being by far the much better player there at, at Notre Dame. And Rico Flores kind of outshined everybody in that receiving group. Uh, Rico Flores from Folsom. California. So Folsom has made the news the last couple of days because Jake Browning, who started for the Bengals last last night uh, also went to Folsom Rico Flores went to Folsom with Austin Mack who reclassified and now is at Washington and he also his, his teammate his other teammate was a uh, other wide receiver teammate was Ontario Smith Jr's son I guess Ontario Smith the third or whatever it is um for a former Minnesota Vikings fame um there was one name that you said there that I wanted to say something about um, I, um, give me your list again. Will Shepard, Cordell Russell, Jamori Mack, oh, yeah. Andre Green, and Cordell Russell. Cordell Russell is not a he's a good athlete. He is not a wide receiver, in my opinion. You can just watch the All Star. You watch the yeah. Under Armour Under Armour All American game. He catches the post there. He's wide open. He double catches it. Like he's not somebody who's particularly twitchy, in my opinion. If you were going to play a basketball game, you're going to pick him number one. If you need somebody to run routes. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be Cordell Russell. I had zero Cordell Russell uh, rostered. Tyler asks in the chat, what are your thoughts on Kevin Concepcion out of NC State? Do you think he has NFL traits or just a really good CFF guy? Do you want me to take this? Because I Yeah, I'll be honest. I have not watched a ton of NC State. Or so, Kevin the, the, so Kevin Concepcion is not going to be the wide receiver who goes to the NFL Combine and runs a four- Four three and runs a you know a, a four second shuttle time and jump forty inches, but man does he know how to make cornerbacks t- turn the wrong way. And as a true freshman, it's just really impressive. The the, the what he reminds me of is uh, Deontay Johnson at Toledo because that's what Deontay Johnson was. Now Deontay Johnson was a lot more twitchy, but knowing how to use his body to misdirect cornerbacks. For some wide receiver, Keenan Allen is one of them. Um, Justin Jefferson, as athletic as he is, he's one of them also. Like it's it's a matter of uh, telling the the cornerback a story that isn't true. And there are some players that are just really really good at that. Kevin Concepcion is good at that. You take that from a difference. Like I don't think of a player like Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase or DK Metcalf. They can run routes, but those guys are like just more physical than you are. Kevin Concepcion is exceptionally crafty. Now, I also love that offense. Robert and I is there. We saw Robert and I really cause the the Syracuse offense to explode in 2022. Um, And so, and we saw them designing plays around Kevin Concepcion. 
Is he going to be a first round draft pick? No. Is he going to be, could he go somewhere in that second through fourth range? Yes, he can. I think when you have these true freshman wide receivers perform as well as they do as true freshmen, you have to take note. And given where he was ranked amongst this recruiting class, if you have him rostered, you probably got him for free. You probably got him for a waiver wire pickup. So, you know, if he actually does end up in the NFL as a second or third round draft pick, count count your bless, blessings. You get, you're getting a lot of equity there. Um, I really like Kevin Concepcion. I, I really do. I just, you know, whether he's still got two more years to develop, whether he's an NFL timed athlete today, I don't know. But to be honest with you, I'm not going to have a problem with a wide receiver like him going and running a 4-6 in the combine because that's not how he wins. He's not going to just like take the top off of defense. It's not how he's going to win. So um, that's uh, that's how I feel about Kevin Concepcion. He threw like he's he ran for a touchdown, threw a touchdown pass this year, obviously caught several touchdowns. And the problem is, is who's going to throw him a ball next year? Because MJ Morris is gone. Brendan Armstrong is gone. Um, all right, here's uh, – uh, do we want to talk about quarterbacks here? I would have to do that off the top of my head. I mean, I I, I did a list for all – I'm talking about someone preparing for the show. My goodness. I, I've got top fives for, for all three positions, so just saying. I'll go I'll go give my quarterbacks if you want to try and put a list together real quick, you know, on the fly. Uh, my quarterbacks, number one, Aiden Childs. Um, I find it intriguing that, like, everybody else is putting him at the top of their list. Now, Not not many people were very high on him you know, coming out of high school. So uh, going to Michigan State, I think obviously we know, we, we've we've had a chance to talk with him. We know how much he loves and respects Jonathan Smith. I, I think it'll be a good fit for him if he does end up going there. Number two, obviously Dante Moore. He's extremely talented. I think wherever he goes, he'll likely succeed. I personally do not think Michigan would be a good fit, but I get why he would want to go back home. And I think at the end of the day, he'll be fine and still be drafted highly, but I don't think he'll be a good CFF player for you at all. I would much rather him go somewhere else, but we'll see where he goes. As Shane reported, and I did see on three is now reporting that he's had conversations with Michigan. So maybe he is going back home. Number three for me is Cam Ward. Again, I'll be very intrigued to see where he goes. There's been rumors about Ohio State. I think USC could be a good fit. Wherever Ward goes, I think he could have a very good year. Uh, four for me is one that I would bet would be on your list as well. That's Daquan Finn. I talked about it earlier this year. I really wanted to see him hit the transfer portal and see if he could go to a P5 school and do what he was doing with Toledo. I'll be very intrigued to see where he goes. He's a fun, fun player to watch, and I would really like to see him kind of tear it up in the P5. And I mean, number five, I'm contractually obligated to say Kyle McCord. So that's my number five quarterback. Um, I'm not going to repeat the names that you said. Some names that I will um, throw out here. Uh, Zion Turner from UConn. He was a player that uh, Brandon Sanders identified as a big fish, small pond. Zion Turner ended up starting as a true freshman. Actually, it didn't catch his season this year. I wasn't watching a whole lot of uh, UConn football, but I do want to throw his name out there. Um, Taylor Green. Taylor Green out of a, yeah. out of Boise State. If you haven't watched Taylor Green, I mean, I think if you're watching this show, you have. But Taylor Green is like a six foot four, long, lanky quarterback who kind of runs in a similar style to Vince Young with those long steps that take uh, a lot of uh, a lot of ground with each step. He was mishandled by Boise State this year. He has like he he has legitimate QB one upside if he stays at the G five. 
if he stays at the G5 and if he's utilized the right way, um, he's a, a, a really good player. Um, I don't even know how to say the quarterback from UNLV's name. I wish Chris Moxley was here because he would talk about that freshman. From oh, Miava? Yeah, Jaden Miava. I don't know why he's leaving, but he's a name that we should note. Um, and then you Salt kind of, of the said the yes. If, if, if Will Rogers goes to Washington, he's going to vault to at least one of the top QBs from the transfer portal. That's a great – for CFF, I don't think it's going to improve his NFL standing any. I don't think he's got the NFL arm, but being with the Boar and Grubs, that would be a great spot for Will Rogers. All right, here's a question from Fantasy Fraud on Twitter. Who could be the biggest riser and faller this transfer cycle? Who you got, man? I don't really have one right now, riser or faller. I mean, I guess faller would have to be Kyle McCord, right? You're going from a school that's perceived to be able to put quarterbacks into the first round, leaving Ohio State. I don't know where he, unless he goes to like a USC, UCLA, and is somehow able to rebound that Alabama. I don't see how he rebounds stock to be a draft pick. Riser, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of names right now, like, Will Rogers would be an interesting one. He had a horrible year this year. If he does end up with a Washington, Dante Moore is another one. If he doesn't go to Michigan, though, like, and I still think there's other names that are coming. So, like, right now, I would say probably Dante Moore has a chance to rebound a lot of his style. A lot of people were already talking about how he, like, was not going to be anything if he doesn't go to Michigan. Though. He goes to Michigan. I think his stock is right back in the toilet where it's kind of sitting right now. Uh, we hate Michigan as far as quarterback development goes. We think Jim Harbaugh is a fugazi when it comes to uh, developing that position. Um, <clears throat> as far as biggest risers, so I just learned that A.J. Green from Arkansas has entered the transfer portal. Yeah. A.J. Green, who – A.J. Green, a, a dynamic, athletic, small wide receiver – or small running back. If you remember – is it Jacquez Rogers? There are two Rogers brothers from yeah. either Oregon State or Oklahoma State. I can't remember which one it was. But Jacquez Rogers, somebody in the chat, please tell me. One of them ended up playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very Jacquez low to Rogers. the ground. Very, uh, very athletic. AJ Green has like a 10-400 yard shuttle underneath his belt coming out of Oklahoma. I I mean, I knew he's never gonna be like the 1A. I kind of thought that he could make the jump to the NFL this year and be drafted on day three and be somebody's kick returner and third down back. Um, I, anyway, I just that's not who I wanted to say here. That's that's Green is like two hundred five. He ain't that small. Um, I mean, he's short. Austin, first of all, Austin, where Austin, you should be on the show. I'm not, you're not nothing about nothing, but you should be on the show today. Um, I really like AJ Green. I really like AJ. He can catch the ball and he can, and he's fast and athletic. So that's not who I want to talk. I want George Petaway. Uh, two years ago, North Carolina had two highly touted running backs in George Petaway and Amarian Hampton. Obviously, Amarian Hampton has taken the reins in this, in this year. I think I'm the one that wrote George Petaway's profile. Maybe that's why I'm remembering some specific things from his uh, his high school tape. But I think that I comped him to Aaron, Aaron Jones. Like he's a guy who can be used on all three downs. And again, remember, at the running back position, you only need one impactful year. So he's a player that can make an impact uh, somewhere. Who's who's your boy? The boy the, from the, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth yeah. Walker, who went to Michigan State, had that one impactful year and then uh, and made the jump to the NFL. I'm not saying that. 
that's that's what's going to happen with George Petaway. I really did. I really like the player though, and so he's. I think that he could be a riser as far as far as fallers go. I mean, if Aiden Childs ends up at Michigan State, are you going to love that, Matthew? I mean, look what he did DJU in Oregon State, to be honest with you. I mean, he was still, I think, I'll look it up. I'm almost positive DJU was like a starter-worthy quarterback for fantasy. I I think Aiden Giles is much more explosive running the ball, and if they allow him to do that, which we saw him doing at times. I mean, again, it was only 79 yards rushing last year, so DJU finishes quarterback 40. So, I mean, that's not really starter-worthy, but he also doesn't have the rushing. I mean, they used... Childs is an actual rusher. I mean, I don't know that he's going to be a guy you're starting every single week. They don't have a ton of wide receivers around him, although I guess he went to high school with one of the wide receivers they do have at Michigan State. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. We'll see. I mean, I still think he is a very fun quarterback and will be good. I I don't know because I don't know what Michigan State's really going to look like. Cam Ward has to be a big riser if he ends up at Ohio State. So uh, Cam Ward coming out of Incarnate Ward in Texas two years ago. Yes, two years ago. We were high on him. He came He, he came in with Eric Morris. Eric Morris comes from the Mike Leach tree. We thought that going to Washington. And then Eric Morris was hired as the offensive coordinator uh, at Washington State. And we kind of thought that Cam Ward had this, you know, potential top 10 CFF QB ceiling and because of his play style could be a potential NFL QB that first year at Washington state, it took some adjustment. And if Chris, again, if Chris Moxley was here, he would tell you how terrible he was throwing the ball deep in that first year at Washington state. Again, that's going from FCS to FBS football last this past year. He was much better. He was much better all around. If we see he, I, we had this conversation a, a few weeks ago. It, it does he have an NFL future? Well, he has an elite trait. Like he is elite at escaping pressure at improvising. Now, once he throws the ball after he improvises and escapes pressure, don't really always know where the ball is going to go. I saw him literally stare at a safety for like three seconds and then throw the ball straight to the safety. Um, that was that was not this past year. That, that was not this season. That was the last season. Um, I haven't watched a whole bunch of them this season. But he was better. He was better throwing the ball deep. If he ends up at Ohio State and has, you know, that one year Dwayne Haskins season, he has first round escapability. He has first round arm talent. He just doesn't have first round consistency at all levels. So when you talk about risers, I think you got to put Cam Ward right up there at the top of the list. And that makes sense given like the programs that are rumored to be attached to him is that he's kind of the prized. Uh, prize transfer portal guy. Let's go here to, um, I want to go here to, Chris, speaking of Chris Moxley, Chris had this question, and I think it's actually a good question, is what do you look for in finding successful NFL guys at the G5 level? Um, do you want me to go first here? Or? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, that's fine. Okay. Mine's fairly simple, so. I think you're looking for the exact same things that you would find uh, at the Power 5 level, and it's dependent on position. At the quarterback position, for example, I w- arm talent, first of all. I want to see that a player has the ability to throw from the left hash to the right side of the field outside of the numbers. I only really need to see that one time to know if this guy has an NFL-level arm. If that ball is floated, if it's thrown like 20 yards in the air to get there and lands, 
I know that that guy does not have uh, uh, an NFL arm. If that ball only goes seven or eight yards off the ground, okay, we're working with something there. Um, uh, does he always go to his first read? Does he? Can he look off safeties? Can he escape pressure? Does he have NFL size? Those are things that it doesn't matter if you're in the Power Five or G Five. They stand out. I mean, one of the reasons why I loved Jake Hayner coming out is because his improvisational ability, improvisational ability. You know, he made off-platform throws. I mean, if you watch that UCLA-Fresno State game where he UCLA was like number 12 at the time, I mean, this dude, they took all of that away from him on that last drive because he hurt his hip, that hip that was bothering him the rest of the season. He still let the team down. Uh, for the game-winning touchdown with like 12 seconds left, he had Moxie. I mean, I, there I, there are these th- the wide receiver position. You know, can he run routes? Is he twitchy? Does he have? He, here's a good example. We were not high on, te- on Tylen Wallace coming out of Oklahoma State, despite what he did his freshman season, despite how productive he was. You know why? Because he was a 5'11 jump ball contested catcher. That just doesn't work. If he was 6'2 or 6'3 and played the same way, maybe we're working with something there. Let's go from uh, this past season, Devontae Walker at Kent State. You watch that Georgia game. He catches that screen. That's Georgia's defense. That's that historic. I think that was just that historic Georgia defense with Jordan Davis and all of them on it. He's outrunning that. Actually, it was. It was the year after. He's outrunning that entire defensive unit at Kent State. That's NFL speed. Oh, and he's 6'3", and he has long arms. I mean, that looks like an NFL player to me. I would say that you look for the same the same things. I can't give like a standard answer because it's different for every, for every player in every position. It is, does this style of play, this body type, this athleticism, is there a package here that could work at the NFL level? If you are a, we were talking about A.J. Green. If A.J. Green had all of the same attributes and he only had an 1,100-meter uh, dash behind his name, wouldn't be that much interested in Wouldn't be that interested in it. At 10-4, blazing like that, yeah, at 205, yeah, I think that'll do uh, uh, at, in college and at the NFL level. So what's your, what's your answer? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. You said I'll just sum it up a lot more cleanly. You're looking for an NFL trait of whichever you want at each of those positions. Um, and for me, you need to dominate at the G5 level as well. For That's what I am looking for. If you're just going out there and being subpar, I don't personally think that that's going to translate. But you're looking for an NFL trait at each position, whatever it is, a wide receiver, running back, quarterback that you want, that will translate to the NFL. Not G5, not college. It's an NFL trait. You mentioned a couple of them right there. I think that's all you look for. You look the same thing you do for G for P five players. Are you trying to say that my answer was scattered? Is that's why you're no? It was a good me? answer. You just like went on and like I think you could have just said you're looking for an NFL trait. And if you wanted to describe the trait at each player, you did. You kind of like you 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 went there. I'm and just then you thinking of examples. And then you I'm went just thinking back of examples. There. I was just you know trying what? to keep it nice and blunt. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, Deontay Johnson. By the way, Michael, if, does anybody remember that Toledo team? I don't know what year that was. It was Deontay Johnson, John V.A. Johnson, Michael Roberts, Kareem Hunt, and uh, who was the quarterback was uh, Logan Woodside. That that was an excellent Toledo team uh, that year. 
All of those guys got drafted. All of those guys got drafted. Uh, Tyler asks in the chat, he says, do we have ch- thoughts on Travis Hunter as a wide receiver? If he was playing full-time wide receiver, I think he'd be a top uh, 15 draft pick, top 20 draft pick. He's still going uh, first round regardless. He's still going to go first round at, at uh, cornerback. He's probably going to be a top 10 draft pick anyway yeah. uh, at cornerback. Um, he also asks, uh, has Evan Stewart stopped taking a hit with how the season ended? Not at all. He will be my wide receiver one after Marvin Harrison Jr. leaves. He's wide receiver one in that class. As much as I love Luther Burden, I think Evan Stewart's kind of solidified himself as wide receiver one in that class. All right, Matthew, do you want to close? You want to talk about the playoff committee stuff? I do not care about programs. This is this is not like I don't feel I didn't feel a certain way when the playoff committee released its rankings. I do not care. So, do you want to? uh, I care because Florida State got screwed. And this is, I, I talked about this. We used to do parting shots on this show. And I actually talked about it in one of my parting shots. College football is the only sport that I'm aware of that requires you to be perfect to try and win a championship. You don't have to go undefeated in the NFL to make the playoffs. And I understand that's not a fair comparison. Half the NFL gets into the playoffs. Florida State went out there and did everything they were asked to do. And they got shafted because a bunch of old white men who've never played the sport decided that all these kids didn't do enough because their star quarterback got hurt. I believe Chris Moxley posted this on Twitter two weeks ago before Jordan Travis got hurt when this championship game was locked into place and we knew Florida State was going to be playing LSU. They were favored to win by, I believe it was nine and a half points. Well, guess what, folks? They covered that with their third string quarterback, Brock, Brock Glenn, who's a true freshman who's thrown four whopping passes the entire season, yet they still went out there and covered it, but because it didn't look pretty, right? So then we get the argument, oh, well, they're doing it because they're putting the best four teams in because that's what everybody wants, the best four teams. That's bullshit then Texas or Alabama shouldn't have been in and Georgia should have been because Georgia is a better team than both Alabama and both Texas. So why wasn't Georgia put in if we're actually just putting the best four teams in? And that is my problem with this committee is that for the past nine years, they've picked and choose the narrative that they want to use every single year to fit their argument. And I have stats for that. 2015, we're going to go back to Michigan State making it in over Ohio State off their natty win with a team that was much better in 2016 than it was in 2015 when they actually won the national championship with their third-string quarterback, Cardell Jones. I get it. Oh, yeah. They put up 49 points against a horrible Wisconsin team. But you're right. 49 points, that makes them 10 times better than the Florida State team we saw a couple weeks ago. Michigan State then went on to lose to Alabama 38-12. to But we don't talk about that because Michigan State won and won the Big Ten, right? But but that doesn't matter because they went out there and they played the games, right? They went out there and they beat Ohio State. They went out there and won the Big Ten. They did what they were supposed to do, uh, kind of like Florida State just did. Because if Alabama really deserved to be there, they would have won all their games. If Texas really deserved to be there, they wouldn't have lost to Oklahoma. So we're going to continue. Let's go to that 2018 year. And I, I'm sorry, guys, there's a lot of Ohio State involved in this. But I'm going to keep going. Oklahoma, they get in over Ohio State. I would argue, actually, Georgia should have been in over both of them, but they had two losses. But again, you know, now we're picking and choosing our narratives here. You know, Georgia has two losses, so they can't be one of the best teams in the country, even though they were. They were top five in, like, all statistical categories on defense, but whatever. Oklahoma lost to Texas that year. OSU lost to Purdue in a blowout. Yes, statistically, Ohio State was much better than everything that Oklahoma did that year, and they were fairly similar on offense. But because Oklahoma goes on to win the Big 12, they're Big 12 champions. They get in with their one top 20 win in the entire season over Ohio State. Ohio State had four top 20 wins that year. 
So if we were arguing the best team should have been in, Ohio State or Georgia should have been over Oklahoma, but it was what they did on the field that year. That's why Oklahoma made it in, because they beat Ohio State, I th- believe on the road. That was the Baker Mayfield plant the flag game, if I'm remembering correctly. They beat Ohio State on the road, and they went on, and they revenged that loss against Texas in the Big 12 championships. They did it. They went out there, and they proved it, folks. They proved it. 2020, Notre Dame getting in over Texas A&M. Notre Dame was nowhere close to Texas A&M in a bunch of those categories, whether it was offense, points, whatever you want to say. But it's, and they, the only, their, their, their quality win, their quality win was DJU's big game, right? That was whenever DJU's stock shot through the roof. DJU's first start. They go out there and, and they beat them. I believe it was in two overtimes. And then Notre Dame goes on to lose horribly to Clemson in the ACC championship. But they made it in because they did it on the field, folks. They showed you they were a really good team and they proved it to that damn committee that they deserve to be out there. It is embarrassing that this is the only sport that has a group of people who, again, have not played the sport, deciding who gets to go and play for a championship instead of letting it play out on the field. It reminds me a lot of, you ever seen this movie called Stick It? I'm a big fan, big fan of Missy Peregrine. Beautiful, beautiful woman. They knock this woman in this video because her her bra strap is sticking out. That's exactly what they did to Florida State. They knocked them because their starting quarterback was out. Tate Rodemaker would have been back. He was out with a concussion. He had a whole month to get back from that. They are not logically consistent every single year, Austin. If you wanted to talk about it, you should have come on the show. No, they are not. They change their decisions every single year based on whatever they want to do. Now, I'm not going to say that they allowed Alabama to get in because it's the SEC. Well, there was a report of all the money that ESPN is now not going to lose because Alabama made it in. Florida State deserved to be in over Alabama because they did what needed to be done. Alabama went out there and they lost. And again, if we're going to argue... The best four teams should have been in, then Georgia should have been over Alabama and Texas because at that point, doing what happen- what happens on the field doesn't matter because Florida State went out and proved it to you with 13 straight wins. They won every single game. They won every single game. Alabama did not. So if we're going to say the four best teams should have been in, Georgia should have been over Alabama or Texas. I don't care which one pick one. I don't care if you want to put Alabama and Georgia in. Washington and Michigan deserve to be there as did Florida State, because you know what else you would have told me last year? TCU didn't deserve to be into the playoffs because they lost in the Big 12 championship game. They weren't that good a team. Well, they you're right. They got smoked by Georgia. They sure as hell went out there and beat Michigan. There's no way that you can tell me that a Florida State team with a very good defense wouldn't have gone out there and beat Michigan again this year. Maybe they wouldn't have deserved to be in the national championship, and maybe they wouldn't have won and got smoked by Texas or Washington, whoever makes it. But they deserved to be there over Alabama and over Texas. It's a bunch of horse shit. And that's why I can't wait for the 12-team playoffs. I don't have to worry about it anymore. This is all going to be played on the field. If we are ever going to have this show yeah. on a, on a three-letter network, we will have to get a producer to dump. You are the only person who cusses on this show. I know. I the only person who cusses on this show is Matthew. I, I had a rebuttal. But I just I I cannot conjure up the faux enthusiasm. I'm sorry in myself that you had authentically. I just don't Look, have my. It comes from those players got screwed. Let's just be honest. I mean, Jared first talked about it. He openly came back to Florida State because he wanted to try and win a title and make it to the playoffs. Like it's. 
that's the stuff that drives me crazy. I, I, realistically, I don't care. I mean, I do in a way that Florida State didn't make it, but they did everything they were asked of them. I mean, I get it. They It didn't look pretty. They went out there and they won every single game. And it's not like they were scheduling cupcakes either. What was Alabama's schedule at a conference? Texas and then Chattanooga? They scheduled LSU, and I don't remember who the other team was that they scheduled, but they went out there and they beat them. And I understand that Jordan Travis wasn't there. I get that part of it. But Jordan Travis is not Caleb Williams, folks. He's not even J.J. McCarthy. He's not as good as Jordan Travis. You ever watch this? I love you. I think you're a great player and a great, you know, person. He's not as good as any of the other quarterbacks in that playoff discussion. Great person. Including, great he's person. a great person. I know you love that. Including Jalen Milrow. It does, that does not, that should not preclude them from getting into the playoffs just because they lost one player. You do not win games based on one player. I'm sorry. He's not Caleb Williams. He's not any of those quarterbacks that win you games like that. Florida State's overall performance throughout the season deserved them a shot to get in there and prove everybody wrong. And for me, that's the part that sucks is watching all those players that day sit there and be like, there's no way we're going to get left out because we lost one player and they all just got shafted. Because they're like, well, you know, we we did write this in that if they lost, we've never seen it happen. Then why didn't you leave Ohio State out a couple years ago when they were playing their third string quarterback? Because you got one game of them putting up 49 points. That's not a good enough excuse for me. It's not. That's bullshit. Sorry. Again, sorry. Go ahead. Take it home. Uh, if you've gotten to this point in the video, please go ahead and like the video. If you like what it is that we're doing here on the YouTube page, then subscribe to the Campus to Canton podcast feed and check out campustocanton.com. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're on the road to 3,000. I think that that's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies, Kirk Street, We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning, I'm Felix Sherman. Good night and goodbye.